This is Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. It turns out there are a couple of new sun protective measures. It seems that exercise and caffeine together may be helpful in preventing skin cancer. Researchers at Rutgers University studied the effects of caffeine and exercise on mice as it relates to skin cancer. These mice were given water laced with low-dose caffeine, the human equivalent of about one or two cups of coffee per day, and a running wheel for voluntary exercise. This combination increased their ability to kill off sun-damaged cells by almost 400%. Now, this doesn't mean you won't need any other sun protection, and they still need to do a lot of research to see if it's true in humans. But the research looks promising. Be sure to grab that cup of joe before you go for your run or your ride this morning, and your skin will thank you for it. I'm Dr. Paul Sabin, and that's what's good for the skin you are in. If you have skin care questions, make an appointment today with Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. Call Dr. Paul Sabin today at 342-3686. Again, that's 342-3686. St. John the Baptist Catholic Church of Chico is proud to help bring you Seeds of Truth. Heard every weeknight evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. St. John the Baptist Parish is a Catholic family community serving our area with a variety of services and ministries for both Catholics and the community at large. St. John's Catholic family welcomes anyone and offers a wide range of programs and ministries from prayer and support groups to socials and Christian cultural activities. Call the parish office for a complete Mass schedule or more information at 343-8741. Or visit the website at stjohnthebaptistchico.org. St. John the Baptist Catholic Church welcomes anyone seeking spiritual fulfillment at Mass or Benediction or 24-hour weekday adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Call St. John's Parish Office, 343-8741 or on the web at stjohnthebaptistchico.org for a complete schedule or more information. This is Seeds of Truth. Your host is Joe Holcraft, Doctor of Theology of St. John's Catholic Parish and the Sacramento Diocese. If you have a question or would like to participate in today's program, call 894-7325. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth with Joe Holcraft. It is good to be with you another weeknight, reflecting into the richness and beauty of our faith This night, Thursday night, we have the opportunity to engage this very large topic of apologetics, and I will be doing this um, from one week to the next each Thursday night with Rob Sheridan from St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. Rob, it is good to have you with me tonight. Oh, Joe, it's an honor. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you so much. What we're going to do here, Rob, is look at apologetics and just not jump into all of the hot-button topics. Right? Because to go there would, would, would be a failure, really. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's what happens far too often. Um, so we're going to draw back, and we're going to go about this with uh, Dr. Scott Hahn's work, Reasons to Believe. Uh, what he does in this book is he lays the foundation. 
with really the spirituality that undergirds a good apologetics. And then ultimately uh, go into those topics that just aren't about sacred scripture and, and sacred tradition, what we call divine revelation, but also that topic of, of creation, nature, that essentially written in God's very creation is a defense of his truth, beauty, and goodness. Tonight, with our time, Rob, as we talked about what I do want to do is get into that passage and to look closely at that most important passage that Peter gives us, and that's in 1 Peter 3.15. And so really, to get us started by way of subject matter tonight, Rob, I want to read this passage. So for those of you out there who do have your Bible, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. So let us take this up, Rob, by phrases. And we'll start with always be prepared and the word always. What does this mean? Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. And in this call to pray without ceasing, we have the challenge to pray around the clock, 24-7, 365, to enter into that conversation with God that essentially illuminates everything that you do. If you go for a stroll in the park, if you're doing laundry, if you're going shopping, whatever it is that you do, that can be a prayer if you offer it up to God. Now, the church is clear. We have to root our prayer, our conversation in that formal prayer of the Mass. We have prayers like uh, the Our Father, the Rosary, the Chapel Divine Mercy. All of these are foundational, but what they do is they lift us up and they make us more aware of this idea of essentially being in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, talking to Jesus as if he's your buddy. I mean, go figure, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what our faith is all about. So, when we talk about this language of always being prepared, what Peter really wants us to see is that at its foundation, we need to be praying constantly, praying without ceasing. If we don't have that, then we really don't have anything. That's where it starts, the constancy of it, you know, around the clock. And if you don't have that sense of being prepared, of that desire to study, then pray for the grace for the desire to study, right? I've had many people tell me, you know, Joe, I can just give them this book or, or, or that DVD and that's fine. And that's, that's not what Peter is saying here. What Peter is saying, pray constantly and study up. You need to listen to the DVDs, you need to read the books, and you need to do these things so that, yes, you are ready to give an account for the hope that is inside of you. And so really what Peter is telling all of us is that this is personal. We need to take ownership. Uh, absolutely, I agree. Um, one of the things that, that they tell you when you're, uh, when you're in ministry is to always have your testimony ready. Um, and, and you were talking about foundational things, and I think that testimony, your encounter with Christ is what will really make the difference rather than giving a Scott Hahn book to your friend, which will be great, but hearing about your encounter with Christ 
so much more. Pope Francis talks about that culture of encounter. Mm-hmm. And and as apologetics apologists, we need to make this our reason for hope, your reason. What is your reason for hope? What is your encounter with Christ that you need to share? Yeah. And in light of that, Rob, you know, right now the church is really focused on the new evangelization. You know, well, what's new about evangelization, right? Well, John Paul II, blessed John Paul II said it's, it's new in its ardor, methods, and expression. You know, and that first principle of, of ardor is, is, is fervency, being on fire for God. And so that first principle of what the new evangelization is about is the encounter. You know, Pope Francis has said, you talked about the culture encounter, it, it's in that witness, ultimately, that leads the person to ask the question. And so, yeah, we, we must be ready to, to share our personal testimony and what that personal testimony ultimately points to, you know, which is certainly that relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's also to say, you know, Rob, we were talking a little bit before that um, to always be prepared, this means that you have to establish the habits of being a good Christian. You know, there are certain virtues out there that demand they be embraced if we're going to live a saintly life. In secular culture, you know, there's a lot of things that we do, and we we do them and we don't even think about them, you know? Uh, I'll agree. We're parked right across from a gym. Yeah. People go there... To train their bodies, they, mm-hmm. they they pay a lot of money to go train their bodies. Are we training our spirits? Are we mm-hmm. training our souls? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were talking about praying for that that desire um, to to get to know these things so that you can always be prepared. We we pour ourselves into these other things like sports. Uh, you, you can you can name people who can spout off these sports statistics one after another batting averages passing yards i'm uh, sadly one of them but that's for another <laughs> well and i i have my own yeah. you, you can ask me anything about star wars or doctor yeah. who and i'll talk your brains out um and those are great but are we tempering that with the spiritual matters as well are we taking that time to read that catholic book to listen to this program obviously i'm speaking to the choir yeah um well, and it's to say, Rob, even as we talk about quoting stats or quoting Doctor Who or quoting, you know, the Star Wars, we can do that because we spend time with it. You know, I passed the time as a child uh, reading the sports pages, devouring Sports Illustrated and all the rest. And so for better or worse, I, I can give you all of their numbers. And I know a lot of people around me who can do that. And it's just because you spend time with it. You know, and you can do the same with Star Wars. And so what, what we're talking about is, in the end, how are we spending our time? Because if we're not spending our time with God, then we're not going to be prepared, right? And if we're serious about our faith, in the end, Rob, we're all called to be theologians. Someone says to me, well, what makes you a theologian? Well, we're all budding theologians every time we go to Mass, Right? What do we hear? The Old Testament. A couple of readings from the New Testament. The Psalm. And the church asks us to, to always understand what those readings look like and their beautiful uh, harmony and symmetry. I mean, theology, it's to remember 
simply means faith seeking understanding. Corins fides intellectum, faith seeking understanding. Right? So we pray for the gift of faith and we seek to understand. This is what theology is about. And now, granted, some of us might vocationally speaking be called to go deeper in it. I get that. But all of us, Rob, all of us are called to bear witness to truth. Someone has recently asked me, and I get the question from time to time, what is the most fundamental vocation of every Christian, of every Catholic? It's simply to bear witness to truth. And when you do that, you're, you're giving glory to God, right? But when we bear witness to truth, we point people towards Christ. And so, again, this is what this subject is about. You know, if we are not, Rob, praying up, studying up, we're not ready, and then what begins to happen is, I've had, I've had people come to me on this, you know, they feel guilty. Well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't witness to the faith as I was called to, you know, or they just... They just kind of spun a cocoon and, you know, and they didn't engage. And you've already mentioned the word encounter. This is what it's about. We have to be willing to encounter with the love and the joy that God has given us. And this is an exciting thing. Like apologetics should never be point, counterpoint, punch, sometimes counterpunch, right? It should always be something that's life-giving. You know, don't make it something that's intrusive. Don't make it something that it's not. Make it something that it is. A gift. Show them the gift. We are simply uh, impoverished, and we're showing everyone else where we found the food on that altar. There's a real joy in that. And so, yeah, I mean, always being prepared. Pray up. Study up. Because in the end, if we're not ready, then, you know, what are we doing? So... Yeah, and, and and you talked about how we uh, in in this culture of encounter, we kind of tend to shy away from sharing the gospel with people nowadays. Yeah, yeah. we're 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 ashamed of it. Yeah, it, but it we shouldn't. It's an it's an exciting thing. We aren't ashamed to share. Oh, I saw this the 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 premiere episode of uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, and it was it was hilarious. It was great. We're not afraid to share that at the water cooler. Why aren't we afraid to share a great homily that Father Jason gave last week? Yeah. Or how Father Memo drew all the kids up to the altar yeah. and was 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 engaging with them. Yes. We need to share those yes. things. Yeah. And like you were saying, in an unobtrusive way. Yeah. Yeah. We you know, we were gonna get to this later, but we can bring it in now. You know, Peter's words, gentleness and reverence, this is disarming when you are gentle and you are pious and you were listening. This is disarming. And this is so important, you know, when we can just engage. And it doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be imposed. In fact, gentleness and reverence isn't, you know, the, the, the imposition and the devouring of the conversation. It's the proposition and ultimately the listening. You know, and these things are disarming. They allow the conversation to mature and ultimately the encounter to be what God wants it to be. And, it, and it's not something where you turn around at every corner and you go, I'm going to bring this person to Jesus Christ, and bef before I'm done with this conversation, he's going to be a believer. It's planting the seeds and allowing that to mature. Certainly, being present to what we're talking about, always being prepared. And this can only be done if we are rooted in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and so this is important. And, 
you know, to the defense piece, give the account, you know, there's a tendency to look at apologetics as, and this comes out of maybe a little bit of what we were just saying, Rob, as a negative. So we, we talk about looking at this as a gift. We talk about looking at this as a positive. Apologetics specifically, just the word itself, a defense. You're on the defensive. Or people think that actually apologetics is that you're apologizing for your faith. Of course, it's not that. It is to defend. But again, as Pope Benedict says, it's, it's to defend not in a way where you're taking a step back, but ultimately where you're taking steps forward. And so the account becomes very much that. Um, and we have to be present to, I think, within the context of the defense, Rob, the interpersonal dynamic you know, we talked about listening. Sometimes people ask us questions, and I've encountered this on more than one occasion. They just ask you the question because they want to get your blood boiling. We need to be able to say, okay, part of being prepared is really engaging in this dialogue. In the truest sense of what dialogue means, you know, dialogos, you know, two people speaking to one another listen-response relationship, so as to ultimately be able to have the person asking you the question to really take ownership of, of what they're asking. And how do you do this? Oh, what does Jesus do? I like to make the point, you know, when I talk on this in different places, Jesus is asked over 300 questions in the Gospels. That's amazing. What's more amazing about it is he answers those questions all but three times with a question. Why? Does God, the Lord of history, not know the answer? <laughs> Did he experience some sort of divine amnesia? No. No. He understands. He's a master teacher. This is classic rabbinical uh, you know, pedagogy. Okay? Respond to the question with a question so that they're taking ownership of what they're actually asking. And I bring this up now, Rob, because... I think this is missing today. We're prepared to give the answer. And in being prepared, once we're asked a question, we want to give the answer. As opposed to allowing, as we've already spoken to, that dialogue to mature. And it be, I would argue it best does so when you answer that question to question to make sure that not only they're taking ownership, but that they even know what they're asking sometimes. You know, that, that comes up. Um, and this means... Yeah, just taking that conversation in. And really what, what, what you're doing in that conversation is you're applying the principle of logic. You're applying, you're applying the principle of logic. And a lot of, a lot of people will say to us, as, and I say Catholics, but really today Christians, you know, um, how dare you claim, you know, absolute truth? You know, they see especially any kind of Christian dogma as anti antithetical to reason. This is common. And of course, what's missing is the illogical nature of that, that claim. But we don't see that. And what do I mean? You know, um, you've heard me say this before in a soundbite, to say, well, there's no such thing as absolute truth, is to make an absolute statement. So by saying there's no such thing as absolute truth, you're actually proving that there is such thing as absolute truth, or you're claiming the absolute truth, Okay. But what's more is, in the world of, you know, Christians pontificating, once you tell me there's no such thing as truth, you're pontificating to me. That's part of the absolute nature of 
uh, quote unquote, pontificating. And why do I talk about all this? Because in the end, it demands the dialogue. It's, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, watching the uh, Broncos play the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, we can agree to disagree. But when it's, when it's about Christ, we can't agree to disagree because he says not, I am a way, a truth, and a life. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. This is the imperative sense, Rob. Okay. He's, he has set up this objective moral standard. And ultimately, this is what we are called to embrace. C.S. Lewis has, has the, the classic lunatic liar or Lord. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You've, you've got to take Jesus for, for what he says or, or not. There's, yep. there's not any gray area there. Yep. And, and you can't divide up that truth. It's, it's just it, there, there's only one truth. Yeah. And that's hard, hard for a lot of us. And I, I, I'm a sinner. <laughs> we are all sinners. Me too. Yeah. And we have fallen short of the kingdom of God. But you know what, Rob? We are better than our worst. And God says, you know what? You need me. You need this truth. That truth which allows for you a singular laser-like focus on what it means to be the best version of who Rob Sharon is, who Joe Holcraft is, whoever's out there listening, you know. We need that truth. We need that focus. We need that goal. Because if we don't have it, we will wander. And so, again, if, if our apologetics, if our conversations are going to evolve as God wants them to, we have to be willing to, to talk about the things, well, do what we're talking about now, really. I mean, this is practical stuff right now, but it's, it's things we need to be thinking about. You know, it, it, it's a, it is a, it is a, a danger to uh, apologetics and just that religious discussion to assume that you have all the answers. Because even, you know, Rob, when, say we're studying up on the Mormon faith to answer those questions, the Mormon comes to our door. And you've studied their faith. And maybe you think you know the Mormon faith better than the Mormon. And they come to your door and they say, what can my name's elder so-and-so? And you start jumping into what you think you know. How about asking them, with, uh, uh, starting the, the dialogue with a question, what's the most important aspect of your faith? You can begin to gather what they know about their faith. Because not every Mormon knows the whole Mormon doctrine, just like not every Catholic knows all the Catholic doctrine, right? So it's always important to, what, ask the question. And then with the information you know, kind of, let it evolve. Let it play out. Let it be the conversation it needs to be. You know, I think about, you know, in athletics, once again, say the Super Bowl. The Broncos probably threw someone out there in their practice squad who was going to, quote-unquote, simulate Russell Wilson, this dart-moving quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. But the Broncos had a Russell Wilson. <laughs> I mean, you, you can try to simulate but once the game actually starts, it's a whole different thing. You need to be spontaneous. You need to be flexible. You need to be willing to you know, kind of move and shake. It's not going to work out as you think it, as you planned it, right? Sometimes we get stuck thinking that, you know, in our apologetics. Well, I want to enter into this conversation. I'm going to share A, B, and C, and, and I'm going to convert them. It, 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 when, we, when we approach it with that attitude... I think we, the, I'm going to convert them. We lose that that gentleness and reverence for the person. We start to objectify them. Mm-hmm. Their faith becomes a prize to a prize to be won. I I've fallen into that trap, <clears throat> and 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 I think again we get back to that culture of encounter. Yeah. If 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 I'm relating to you as a person, and we are talking 
about the personhood of God and, and, and how he has given us that reason for hope. Yeah. That changes the ball game. It changes how we can deliver all this information that we've prepared for. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, I like the word prize, Rob, because really that's what happens. We want to put a feather in our cap. We want to talk about this. That's not what it's about. It's about bringing souls to Jesus Christ. Um, and we do this when we live that life. People, you know, look at that person who shines bright because they're living with that hope that's inside of them, that confident assurance that they belong to someone, and his name's Jesus Christ. That light shines brightly, Rob. And in the darkness, you know, he was in, he was in a conversation with someone recently, you know, and it's, it's getting darker, Joe. It's getting darker. Well, so it is that our light shines brighter. And, they, and, and, and you gravitate towards light. And that's what this hope is about. That's what Peter's talking about. It's dark right now, Rob. Oh, yeah. It's dark. But you want to know what? We know who wins. We're on the winning side. So let's embrace all that God gives us. Put a smile on our face because there's a reason to smile. And be better than that person who's, who's down for reasons that they shouldn't be down. Or at the very least, I shouldn't so much say be better as much as give them a reason to have hope. Absolutely. Make, make that light shine in your life. Be, yeah. be holy. Yeah. And you will, you will have those people. Why, why are you this way? Yeah. Why are you this way? And if you're struggling with holiness, dive into scripture. Yep. Get yep. back to confession. Yep. Mass in the sacraments. Yep. That, that starts the ball rolling yeah. again. Yeah. And, and we talk about this, Rob not judging those who aren't because ultimately we look in the mirror on this because because we we fall short of the kingdom of god every day but because we love our brothers and sisters in christ out there and we want them to experience the joy we've experienced and if 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 people are out there who have experienced greater joy than we have i tell you what i'm going to be around them you know and that that's part of the wonder and the beauty of the body of christ this communion of people that we call the body of Christ. It's an exciting thing. And we feed off of each other, you know, and, and that's part, that's part of the, the joy that is contagious and part of the enthusiasm that springs forth. This, this is what the new evangelization is about. You know, enthusiasm in the Greek entheos is bear, to bear God within. Enthusiasm is a part of living in God. That's joy, you know, and this is part of, that spiritual fruit that springs forth from this great virtue of hope and the light that encircles it ultimately. You, you, you want to talk about that joy that, that radiates from per- someone be around a saint, mm-hmm. be a hundred yards from Pope Francis. You will feel that joy yeah. physically. Yeah. I, I was a hundred yards from John Paul II. You feel that joy. Yeah. He yeah. he just radiates it because of yeah. that encounter with Christ. You could be like that. Yeah. I can be like that. Yeah. I need to be like yeah. that. <laughs> there are people in our community, I'd say, Rob. Um, I know we need to wrap up. Here we are, time just flying by. There are people in our community, no question, have that joy. And it's exciting. Yeah. You know, because in, in the midst of of the the very um melancholy, soaring you know, almost defeatist attitude. There's there's something worth living for. You know, Pope Francis said it in his uh, most recent apostolic exhortation. He says, stop with the down faces. He said in very plain terms, we know who wins. 
There's a reason. There's a reason to put a smile on your face. The, the the joy that radiates around Christmas should radiate around the clock, and that's again what this passage is all about. And collectively, what ought to permeate our apologetics, you know, Rob. So as we wrap up our initial program and reflection on apologetics and what it's all about, it's right that we spend time in some of these uh, spiritual principles, if you will, because as we start going through the subject matter systematically and break open some of these great and fun questions, we're always going to go back to this, Rob. We're always going to go back to the things we talked about in this initial program, what the dialogue ought to look like, what our disposition should be. We hadn't used that word, disposition. That's part of always being prepared, disposed, ready to say yes to God, anything and everything. Uh, So I'm very much looking forward again, Rob, to this journey. Uh, this, these these uh, 27 minutes have uh, served us well, I think, moving forward, and we'll be ready to jump into some of these uh, larger-than-life questions about the existence of God moving forward um, and how we enter into this discussion. So looking forward to that. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of this time together, the gift to be able to reflect on the importance of what it means to bear witness to your love, your love, which is absolute truth. We pray these things in your most holy and precious name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, and God bless you. You've been listening to Seeds of Truth, Heard every evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. If you have questions or feedback, you may email Joe at jholljmj at yahoo.com. For a copy of today's program, visit joeholcraft.org or call KKXX during regular business hours at 894-7325. Thanks for listening to the Seeds of Truth on KKXX.